Hello, welcome to our podcast. This is Kevin. And this is Noah. And we are Chi Alpha at ATU. We are, that's right. Um, yeah, we, we've been kicking around the idea of getting the podcast back up. We tried this back in COVID, and we tried like reading Tozer together as a community, and it went really well, but uh, we just hadn't got it back up, and we just decided, heck, let's go for it. Yeah, and the idea is that we can um, just use the podcast to facilitate, you know, thoughtful, not necessarily academic, but not necessarily like touchy-feely either, just like thoughtful and inspiring conversation uh, that can be listened to and that can maybe um, drive students or really anyone listening, uh, drive them to uh, just dive deeper into the word or dive deeper into um, other authors that have like interesting, uh, interesting perspectives. There's, there's some other Chi Alphas, namely Texas A&M. Uh, they call it old dead guys. They like to, mm-hmm. they like to talk to old dead guys, which that's what we get to do with a lot of books. And so, um, anyway, we have a, a lot of different things we'd like to talk about. I think today we're just going to be in the Bible, um, reading and talking about the beginning of the book of Hosea. Yeah, and yeah, we're and we're gonna be doing all kinds of stuff. But yeah, the main thing is we're gonna have like book club and talk about old dead guys, and also just sort of Bible devotional because we don't want to uh, neglect the word for sure whenever we're talking about old dead guys. Yep, which we love, but we love the Bible more. Yeah, I think whenever we talk about old dead guys, we'll end up talking about yeah, the Bible yeah. more yeah. than the dead guys. Yeah, and they talk about we like the old dead guys because they talk about the Bible anyway. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. Uh, for the first first episode here, I figured I already wrote stuff about Hosea, so why not just start there? Because it meant something to me. Whenever I was writing it, it meant something to me, and I I hope it meant somebody, something to somebody. And um, if it did, it would be nice just to document it. And so we're going to just read through Hosea and um, the first three chapters, and it's going to be conversational. I'm not just going to deliver the message I did at the beginning of the semester, but uh, me and Noah are just going to unpack um, some of Hosea. Um, but anyway, I'm going to pray real fast. Lord, I just pray that you would uh, help me and Noah to uh, like see you through the scripture. And I pray that uh, the listener and the hearer, that they would see you um, and that you would cut to our hearts and that like we would be given direction and that your word would come alive. Um, yeah, thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Cool. So who was Hosea? He was a prophet of God. Uh, God spoke to Hosea, and we have it documented in the Bible of the book of Hosea. Um, and he told, first thing in chapter 1, he tells him to do a pretty peculiar thing. He tells Hosea to go marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her. For like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. So he married Gomer, daughter of Dublame. And she conceived and bore him a son. And so, yeah, God gives Hosea a really strange command right off the bat about, like, uh, 
yeah, go marry a promiscuous woman. That's pretty bad relationship advice. But God is saying something through it. And we're going to like unpack that as we go. He has children. Uh, Noah, what are the names of the children? Yeah, we have uh, Jezreel. Um, if you go down a little bit more, um, you have Lo, Ru, Hama, which means not loved, um, and Lo, Ami, which means not my people, which whenever we read this beforehand, it's, uh, I was like, looking back at it and I was like, wait, uh, are these actually Hosea's children? And Kevin's like, you were like, well, we don't really know. And it actually seems like that, that maybe why they got their names is because, uh, Jezreel's name is about punishment. And then the next name is not loved. And the next one is kind of talking about all three of them. Like not my people, like none of you guys Mm -hmm. are mine because she's an unfaithful wife. And so Hosea is like kind of these names, kind of reflect the frustration that would come from her promiscuity, I guess. Yeah. So that sounds like it would be a pretty pretty tense time around the dinner table. For sure. Uh, <laughs> we got some family drama. Uh, the wife is unfaithful, and the kids are named unloved, not my people, and judgment. And so, um, and so that's where the book kicks off. And, yeah, it's kind of a, a little bleak, but we're going to keep reading. Uh, and... In chapter 2, I'm just going to read from here. Um, We kind of obviously summarized chapter 1, but I want to read and actually unpack chapter 2 just a little bit more, Uh, starting in verse 2 of chapter 2. Rebuke your mother, rebuke her, for she is not my wife, and I am not her husband. Let her remove the adulterous look from her face and the unfaithfulness from between her breasts. Otherwise, I will strip her naked and make her as bare as on the day she was born. I will make her like a desert, turn her into a parched land, and slay her with thirst. And so that's like kind of bleak. <laughs> yeah, again, awful. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it from so far it seems like uh, Hosea is like saying this to Gomer, rebuke your mother. And he's saying that to like judgment, not loved and not my people. Uh, rebuke your mother. Uh, I will show her, I will show my love. Uh, I will not show my love, sorry. I will not show my love to her children. That's a bummer if you're receiving that as the children. Uh, I will not show my love to her children because they are the children of adultery. Their mother has been unfaithful and has conceived them in disgrace. She said, I will go after my lovers who give me my food and my water, my wool and my linen, my olive oil and my drink. Therefore, I will block her path with thorn bushes. I will wall her in so that she cannot find her way. So all, at this point, you're kind of like, wait a second, is this is this Hosea? Because like he's talking about putting thorn bushes around Gomer, um, but it still sounds like it's Hosea at this point. Yeah. Um. She will chase after her lovers, but not catch them. She will look for them, but not find them. She will say, "I will go back to my husband as at first, for then I was better off than now." She has not acknowledged that I was the one who gave her the grain, the new wine and oil, who lavished on her the silver and gold, which they used for Baal. And so at this point, it's like, wait a second. Yeah, there's some imagery, symbolism here that's like, wait, this may not be about simply human relationships. Yeah. It's like there is like an argument and you're arguing over something, but you think it, but then you find out you're actually arguing over something bigger. Yeah. It was never about... (laughs) 
it was never about what movie you were going to watch. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. This is like something <laughs> way deeper than that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, all of a sudden you realize that this is actually God like speaking to Israel. Uh, and he, so it like, yeah, it becomes way bigger than just like, way bigger and yet not of an unfaithful marriage. Right. That Hosea and Gomer are struggling and uh, Gomer is unfaithful and God has put Hosea in that place to reveal his relationship to Israel, that he was supposed to be married uh, in covenant with Israel yep. and have covenant, yep. and they're to be wed and to be a married couple. Um, I'm going to keep reading. Therefore, I will take away my grain when it ripens and my new wine when it is ready. I will take back my wool and my linen intended to cover her naked body, so I will expose her lewdness before the eyes of her lovers. This gets like uncomfortable right here. I will expose her lewdness before the eyes of her lovers. No one will take her out of my hands. I will stop all her celebrations, her yearly festivals, her new moons, her Sabbath days, all her appointed festivals. And so it's obviously God speaking to Israel again, like it's developed and become God speaking to Israel. Her Sabbath days, uh, all her appointed festivals, I will ruin her vineyards and her fig trees, which she said were her pay from her lovers. I will make them a thicket, and wild animals will devour them. I will punish them for the, the days she burned incense to the Baals. She decked herself with rings and jewelry and went after her lovers. But me, she forgot, declares the Lord. Yeah, it even tells you at the end, declares yeah. the Lord. Yeah, yeah, it starts out, you're like, rebuke, rebuke your mother, as if he's talking to these three really poorly named children. But <laughs> but then later it ends with declares the Lord as it so it like developed into uh something even greater. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I think there's something there's something in this for us before we go any further. Um that like this strong, even uncomfortable emotion of like anger, um ex- like that God is exhibiting. Yeah. Uh I think it can actually be an encouragement to us yeah. and like can actually be edifying to us if we have it in the right view. Um, yeah. And the, and the linchpin is that he's, he's supposed to be the husband of Israel. Um, and so uh, the jealousy of a husband is a good thing. Yeah. Right. Like we, we know about like, do not covet, do not covet uh, from the 10 commandments. Yep. And we understand that to be like, okay, yeah, don't be jealous of other people. But there is a jealousy that's actually appropriate, right? Yeah, it's like an appropriate anger. of, And if, you're, if you put yourself in the shoes of, or if you look at who Israel was or who the, the, the children are here, like the beginning of this monologue is rebuke your mother, rebuke her. So this is like the person who's being like spoken to here or the people are the, it sounds like it's the three children. And so this is like to them, the perspective of this is, this is my father that's upset. And so it's like, it's even good to have like fathers that will fight for the uh, sanctity of marriage within their family and, Mm -hmm. and like for justice and yeah, to have a strong father figure in the, in, like that, this that's represented here. I just want to say that it's like, in the same way that it's good to have like for a husband. You said it earlier. Uh, if a husband wasn't jealous of his wife, um, 
whenever she was unfaithful, it's like you, it would call into question, well, did he, does he actually care about the wife then? Or, or is she just a piece of property to him and he just, she just goes and does whatever, or he's like actually just completely devoid of emotion towards his wife. It's like, no, he would be upset. Exactly. He would expect that. And so that's what's portrayed here. It's a good thing. Yeah. And so like, there's this, um, there's this regression in my mind of the identity of God and who I know him to be. Sometimes my mind will regress and I will interact with God as if he's a faceless, nameless, like force in the universe, like he's the source of life. Uh, but that's about as far as it goes. Or it'll, it'll regress. My my like image of God in my mind will regress to he. No, yeah, he's a personality. Like he he has emotions, but he's not actually invested in me. Right. Like in all of the human history, he's not invested in in the particulars. Like in me personally. Yep. But but what we see here in the jealousy of a husband is that. He's not a nameless force in the universe. Like he is a person and he feels deeply and he's deeply invested yep. uh, here with Israel, but also deeply invested in our lives and your life. Um, that like he is uh, active and like cares about where you're at and what, what's going on in your life. And your relationship to him, he cares about it. Yeah. He cares about it deeply, so deeply it moves him to anger whenever he can't be with you. Yeah. Deeply enough that he takes, he takes action to like, um, I'll block her path. Mm-hmm. I'll wall her in. I'll, I'll chase, she'll chase after her level lovers, but she won't be able to catch them. I'll like put, I'll put blocks in the way so that she can't return or so that, or if it's God to us, then like he is desperate for us. He wants us. He wants our attention. He wants our affections. He wants our intimacy. And he like, like, uh, yeah, he, he will like, he'll go after us. I don't think that's like valuable to recognize here. Yeah. So that's what I really want us to like grasp and take away is like that he is jealous for you. Like that John Mark song. Yep. He is jealous. So that's what the therefore is there for. In yeah. Verse 14 <laughs> is, so it says, uh, therefore, like in light of all of those things of like this, you see these like pretty intense uh, emotions and like, I'll expose her. Uh, I'm going to take away her clothes. Like I will take away yeah. the wool and linen intended to cover her naked body. And I'll expose her lewdness before the eyes of her lover. I'll expose her and humiliate her Yeah. in spite, like, in, or not in spite of that. Like, uh, like looking at that, he says, therefore I'm now going to allure her. Mm-hmm. I will lead her into the wilderness and I will speak tenderly to her there. I will give her back her vineyards and I'll make the Valley of acre, a door of hope there. She will respond as in the days of her youth, as in the day she came up out of Egypt mm-hmm. in that day declares the Lord, you will call me my husband. You will no longer call me my master. I'll remove the names of the Baals uh, from her lips. No longer will their names be invoked. In that day, I'll make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field, the birds in the sky, and the creatures that move along the ground. Bow and sword and battle I will abolish from the land so that all may lie down in safety. I will betroth you to me Mm. forever. 
I will betroth you in righteousness and justice, mm-hmm. in love and, and compassion. I will betroth you in faithfulness, and you will acknowledge the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like the full, like, it's like the, the full uh, redemption picture of like, yeah. oh, they, there actually is a restoring. Like, there was all this tension and like, oh, you're married to a, you're married to a, prostitute and you have these children that you don't even know if they're yours and like like there's the the awkward dinner table and there's the like exposing and the ugly names and like all this stuff but then you just have this beautiful image of an actual actual, restored like relationship yeah exactly yeah and in the beginning of that passage he, he starts out like i will now allure her and speak tenderly to her in the wilderness um, as, and then he even says like, she will respond to me as in the days of her youth. Yep. Um, it's like kind of steamy. Yep. It's kind of like romantic. It's kind of like, bow, bow, bow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it, so you, you go from this like intense, jealous anger to like, I am about to romance you mm-hmm. and I'm about to like allure you and speak tenderly to you. I'm going to whisper nothing's in your ear. yeah i even think it's the imagery there's lots of things i'm noticing like reading through this again even now is like uh uh she'll respond as in the days of her youth as in the day she came up out of egypt um this this jose is like writing this in a time of like the israelites are established in the land uh there's like outside influence by like the the nations around them that they're being tempted by which is who the israel is being unfaithful with that's like literally who we're talking about here um they are the lovers that she won't be able to catch up to again uh anyway it it's this right here there she'll respond as in the days of her youth well what was israel's youth it was as soon as she was her own nation which is whenever whenever the Red Sea was crossed Mm -hmm. and the Israelite or as the Egyptian army was crushed by the sea, falling back in on them. And the first thing that they do on the far bank is like, they have this like beautiful victory song Mm -hmm. of like these, that was their response then to being established and being saved by their God. Like, it was if you can go back and read it if you want, we're not going to do it now, but as in the day she came up out of Egypt, it's like, that's what that is even referring to. And so there's like a, uh, like God looks on Israel even now, um, in her unfaithfulness, uh, with like so much hope that like, no, I had the same, I am the same. And I have the same vision for Israel as whenever I was first establishing Mm -hmm. her as a nation, as I do right now. I still want to do that. And I will lead her into the wilderness. It's like, this is a regression, like even to what happened to Israel whenever they were being freed from their first captor, like being led into the wilderness and being established as a nation. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like go very deeply and spend a lot of time in, into that itself. Yeah. But I just think it's interesting that it's like, God kind of is like planning on doing the same thing or communicating that he's going to do a similar thing uh, here through Hosea. Yeah. So. And that, and in the wilderness is where was where the marriage started. That's where the, the covenant yeah. like, was established. Yeah. That's where the marriage started. And, um, and yeah, that 
that you see this like broken, broken marriage. And I don't, I I'm, didn't come from a broken home, but you know, no, me neither. you, you're looking at like, my parents honestly didn't like have massive arguments in front of me, but people who come from broken homes, I'm sure it's like, man, does this argument mean that it's going to lead to divorce? Like, does this like brokenness mean that it's over? Is it, is it done now? But then here in verse 14, it was like, no, it's not. He's, he's romancing her. Like he, he is like coming, he's lowering himself down to his like broken, like aggravating, like anger inducing wife. He's lowering himself down and saying, now that I have you in the wilderness, let me tell you who you are. Yeah. Let me speak tenderly to you. Anyway, it's beautiful. Yeah, it totally is. So we have verse 21. Uh, yeah, in that day I will respond, declares the Lord. I'll respond to the skies and they will respond to the earth and the earth will respond to the grain, the new wine and the olive oil, and they will respond to Jezreel. So this is now talking about uh, the children of mm-hmm. Gomer. So uh Jezreel's name was at first about judgment and now like creation is responding to him uh Jezreel was in his conception it was about his name was about a, a massacre and um you know Israel's bow uh breaking and a loss and yeah it's like an, it has a very negative connotation and now there's um, rain and the earth sprouting up and giving grain and there being there being new wine and olive oil it's about fruitfulness it's like a complete re- reversal of like the offspring of gomer and like the uh the identity associated with her first uh, son jezreel so we could keep going i will plant her for myself in the land i'll show my love to the one i have called not my loved one I will say to those called not my people, you are my people. And they will say, you are my God. So like, not only will, uh, not, not only will, um, Gomer herself or Israel herself be, uh, completely redeemed in marriage and covenant restored and, Mm -hmm. uh, being spoken tenderly to in a new agreement of, of, uh, of like intimate relationship be established, but the offspring of that relationship, or maybe not like, we don't know Mm -hmm. if those are actually Hosea's children or not. Like, but he ends up saying like, I, I, I will choose them. And like, I'll actually Jezreel will be one of fruitfulness. And, uh, the other two will like, there actually are going to be my people and I do love them. And so there's a full, um, there's a full redemption that's like spoken out in hopefulness here. And like, it says a lot about who our God is, is like that God is one to like restore, restore completely, like, Mm -hmm. like completely, completely restoring, even, even fix the things that, that look, uh, very, very permanently identifiably negative. He can like flip them and make them, make them great. You can call to other scripture to say that it's like, I'll make all things work together for the good of those who love me. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, that's just, that's who our God is. Yeah. I kind of, I don't know. I'm just going to throw this out there. I could be totally off base, but it kind of even, uh, 
recalls to my mind the like um like the inclusiveness of God's family that like not my people are now my people and they and I will be their god and like yeah um and I'm a gentile and uh, yeah me too <laughs> oh how curly hair um uh, dang but like but that God's plan was always to be That's like good. inclusive and um that like there's none that are left on the outside without a choice, you know, like they, everyone has a choice to enter the family of God. Yeah. It's, anyway, uh, I'm going to start in uh, chapter three. The Lord said to me, go show your love to your wife again, though she is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loves her. Uh, sorry. Love her as the Lord loves Israel, though they turned uh, to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know, don't know exactly what that means. <laughs> We're going to keep moving, though. <laughs> um, so I I bought her for 15 uh, shekels of silver and about a homer and a lethal of barley. Then I told her, you are, my, you are to live with me uh, many days. You must not be a prostitute or intimate with any man. I will behave the same way toward you. For the Israelites will live many days with, without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred stones, without ephod or household gods. Afterwards, the Israelites will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They will come uh, trembling to the Lord and to his blessings in the last days. Hmm. So one of the things that like, so Gomer, or not Gomer, well, Gomer, like, she has this obviously destructive lifestyle. Um, and I don't know, I'm not an expert in addiction, but like people who like have just destructive personalities, destructive tendencies. Um, but she like, for whatever reason, Hosea has to go pay a price for her. And it doesn't exactly explain why. Yeah. It doesn't say like, oh, she went and got herself like spent all her money and was in debt and enslaved. Uh, it doesn't say that it, or like, oh, well, she like gave herself to a pimp and he's like pimping her and he has to like buy his wife as a prostitute. It doesn't really say whether it was like prostitution or in slavery or what it was or indebtedness. But for whatever reason, he has to go expend of his own resource and expend himself. It costs him something. To get something that was like, that should be his already. Like Gomer is his, is his wife. But yet he has to go spend something and ex- like because of her uh, self-destructive lifestyle that ended her up in the depth that she's in. And he has to go and expend himself. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's just a beautiful image of Jesus that, that he would, like we, we were his, he made us. We were created by him. And then through our own self-destructive tendencies, like we have distanced ourselves from him. Yep. And so much so that he has to come and pay yep. a price yep. uh, so that we can then have relationship again and be restored just like Gomer and Hosea. Yep. And it's like a beautiful like foreshadowing uh, of like a, a, I've just realized that word, like uh, in Hebrews it talks about, uh, all the things were like a shadow of the things to come in the old Testament, like the 
Oh, the, yeah. the temple and all that. It was a shadow of the spiritual reality. Yep. Anyway, it's just funny. The foreshadowing. Yeah. Uh, it was, this is a shadow of Jesus here. Yep. Yeah. I think, I think this image helps me, like, it helps me to understand uh, why, um, why Christ would have to die or why there would have to be a, uh, a punishment for sin. And if you look at it through the context of a relationship like this, um, it, it makes sense. Like that whenever, if, if all of our relationship with God is to be like a marriage and we know that it is, uh, especially when we read the new Testament, we, we see that even more clearly than here. Although this is pretty on the nose. Um, you, if you think of it that way, then it's like, yeah, if I've, if I've prostituted myself out and have gotten myself enslaved, I'm like the, uh, I am like the prodigal son. That's the first image that comes to my head is mm-hmm. like the, is like that, that image is like, I've gotten myself into a bind and I have nothing. And I, and, and I'm apparently, uh, enslaved to something else and it's going to cost something to buy me out of that situation that I'm in or yeah. And, and is that not what happens with sin in our lives? It's like, it, it almost looks like, uh, there has to be something of of greater value mm-hmm. to to draw me out of the place that I'm in to want to go towards this other thing. And like that's what we do whenever we ask people to, to count the cost of following Jesus or to, to whatever. It's like you do have to you're gonna have to lay down something. You're gonna have to repent from this way and go this other way. And knowing that this other way will reap uh, a harvest, it will be a better thing for you. And so, I don't know, this just gives another like definition of, uh, of, uh, yeah, of what Jesus, what Jesus did for us, but like even why we respond the way we do. Cause if we recognize what Jesus did, then like we would, it's like, why would we go back? Why mm-hmm. would we, why would we want to be with anyone else? Why would we want to be with any other gods? Why would we, why would we want to be, uh, adulterous or unfaithful? It's like, obviously we still are, mm-hmm. we still, still have sin in our lives, but like, this is who Jesus is, is he's the, he is the, the husband that like will do anything to buy back our freedom yeah. over and over and over and over yeah. again. And Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Very, very thankful for that, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There's just, there's something I'm even having trouble articulating about like uh, kind of who we are and kind of the hope that I have for myself and for like the guys and girls in my life that that I know their problems and I know the, the nature of humanity and to know that we have a God that's not going to give up on us. Oh, yeah. And to know that we, uh, like the way that he looks at me, the way that he looks at us, um, I, I don't know. It helps me, it helps me to have grace on people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it helps me to see people maybe from his perspective and not be quite so judgmental, but just to be brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is kind of it's helping me have better perspective than, uh, you know, be, than being some Bible thumper. That's like, everybody's out here sinning and this world's going to crap. Like this yeah. is like a, a more healthy perspective about like, 
No, but God has a yeah. plan. Yeah. God really does have a plan. Yeah, that like, yes, everyone is out here like broken. Like we're yeah. all broken. Yeah. But like, but we, there's a God that loves us that's like angry and jealous. He's like moved to anger whenever whenever we're unfaithful and like prostituting ourselves to other to other gods in our life. He's like moved to anger, but not out of anger, but out of love. He's like yeah. jealous. Yeah. He wants to be so close to us. And um yeah, and so it's like it's not like a yeah, it's like nested in relationship and in love. It's not it's not just like Oh, you do bad things. I'm gonna punish you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's no. You're running away from me, and you're mine. Yeah. And I, I paid a price for you, and you're mine. You need to be over here with me. Yeah. I'm going to allure you and speak tenderly to you. Um. Yeah. That it's like nested in relationship and love. Yeah. Even even his anger at like our waywardness and our rebellion, like. His anger, he's angry out of love and angry out of like, you are mine and I love you and brokenhearted. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I hope this is encouraging, uh, for those of you who, who knows, maybe, maybe at least two people listen to this. So (laughs) probably three, probably at least three. Yeah. My mom, (laughs) your mom, (laughs) um, but I hope this is encouraging and really what, what I hope for you out of this is that you would know that there's a God who is personal, who sees you, who loves you, who is jealous for you, and he wants to be alone with you. Yeah. Um, that's really what I, what I hope you hear in all of this, uh, and I want you to take away. And so, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, and... Um... I want to do like a YouTuber outro there. <laughs> <laughs> like, comment, subscribe. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for uh, watching and clicking that bell. No, um, seriously, thank you for listening. Uh, we would encourage you to, um, if this has been encouraging to you, to uh, maybe share this with whoever you want. Um, we're not doing this to stir up a bunch of publicity or get a bunch of likes or ad revenue or anything like that. That's just not the goal. Um, again, we just want to, we just want to inspire, uh, anybody that wants to listen to this to, um, love Jesus a lot and to chase after, chase after him, uh, like all the time and, and, and maybe offer, offer some perspectives that don't necessarily always get, uh, get talked about all that much. And so anyway, yeah, if, uh, if you enjoyed this, please share it with whoever you want to share it with and stick around for, Whenever we don't have the schedule <laughs> locked down, whenever we're gonna release uh, another another one of these. Yes. So. Yes. You're beautiful. Be blessed. Tell everybody he is kind. Give sight to the blind.